take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Welcome, everybody, to episode 12 of season 2 of the Breslin Breakdown, the Michigan State Women's Basketball Podcast, brought to you by the Impact Podcast Network. I'm here along with Sam Brin, Luke Saccone, and Austin Winslow is back on the phone line today. How's everybody doing? How you doing, Sam? I'm uh, I'm, I'm a little tired, I won't lie. We're not at 100% today, but, uh, you know, we got to show up for the last Women's Basketball Podcast. We're going to make it a great one. You know, been a good time covering, so we got to come through one last time. Luke, Absolutely, yeah. I'm yeah, ready for it. I'm ready for a great episode, guys. And then you know, hitting the weekend with a lot of basketball. So very excited. I could not agree more. Absolutely, I'd be back with the boys. It's gonna be a uh, there's a big game on Saturday, so it's gonna be a ton of fun. All right, so yeah, the uh, Michigan State game isn't that? Yeah, that's Saturday. That's right? Saturday. No, I was joking. No, I was, I was okay. Kidding. Oh, okay. Good but, joke. <laughs> He got me. But, okay, so the season is over for Michigan State. The women's basketball team fell to Notre Dame in the second round of the NCAA tournament after defeating Central Michigan. And, guys, not the way that some people might have expected this team to go out at the uh, early on in the year. You know, they had a strong start, kind of stumbled to the finish a little bit, and then big win over Central Michigan, who was a good team, and then falling to Notre Dame. So, takeaways. I mean, you we got it. There's a lot of them. So we might, you know, some people might call it a failure or success. It's all up to you. So, Sam, what are your takes on this season? I have, I don't know if it's a hot take. You guys didn't necessarily agree with it. I'm not going to call this season a total failure because obviously when you come off of, you know, a third round exit in the WNIT to then winning in the first round of the NCAA tournament, that's a success in and of itself. And, you know, beating some really good teams this year, they beat Oregon, Iowa, Minnesota, Maryland, swept Michigan. But at the same time, you know, I was pulling up Susie Merchant's archives. She's done this before. She's won an NCAA tournament game. She's had one Sweet 16 appearance in her entire career. And she's been at Michigan State since the 2007-08 season. I just feel like it's nothing's really changing, if that makes any sense what I'm saying. I know it's different in women's basketball compared to men's. I know with men's, like Izzo, you know, not making it out of the uh, first weekend since 2015. Like, that was a big deal. I know in women's it's different because it's consistently the same teams that are always good. But I just feel like when it's the same result year in and year out, something, I don't know if anything has to change, but you've got to do something different, whether that's coaching style, whether that's conditioning, something's got to be different next year. So overall, I think this year was a little bit of a disappointment, but I don't know. What what do you guys think about that? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with, you know, part, partly of what you said. Um, like, like you said, it's a success from like last year. Um, obviously, they were plagued with injuries last year. Um, injuries hurt them a little bit this year also, but in my, in my opinion, I think it was a success this year. Um, when you, when you're able to have games like they did this year, it's hard to say that the, the year was a failure. Um, and yes, there were ups and downs. Um, so there were disappointing moments in the season, but the season itself, when I, when I look at it as a whole, I think it was, I think it was a good season for the, for the Michigan state. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Any, <laughs> any thoughts? Yeah, I, was say, I, I, was, I wanted. Yeah, I wanted to see if you were gonna let me in. But yeah, no. I, uh, I would. I kind of agree with both of you, um, because like kind of Sam says, I mean, they were in the WNIT last year, so even just making the tournament is a big deal. 
But in regards to like a successful season, uh, no, what they were not because they did a horrible uh, record on the road. Um, and I mean, they clearly could play to their competition. Like like Sam said, they beat Oregon, beat Iowa, swept Michigan. So you had big wins under your belt. And kind of going back to what I said a, a couple episodes last time, I was, one of the last times I was on about the coaching style with Coach Merchant. And I agree with Sam. I think it's a, a coaching thing because I mean, you clearly can win at home. And yes, the Bresden fans can only take you so far, but I do agree that uh, in, in regards to, like, you have the talent enough to make a deeper run than a first-round exit. To keep uh, to be fair, it was, a, it was a Final Four team they lost to, but I, I still think that it's kind of a mix of, I would say more of a unsuccessful season than a successful season because of an early uh, round knockout. And I think that's true, too. You know, I, I was just sitting here thinking, like, if they would have had a bad season, like, say they only had 17, 18 wins, would we be sitting here and calling it a failure? Some of us might think, well, they had a rough season last year. They had injuries. They just kind of got to deal with it. So I think it's kind of a back-and-forth thing. You know, it's kind of hard to say one way or the other. But overall, I mean, they had the talent there. They showed they could beat those really good teams. I don't really know that there's an excuse to get beat by teams like Nebraska or uh, Wisconsin, get swept by Ohio State. I, that's a little inexcusable, in my opinion. That's my take. No, no I, I agree completely because... Look, and, and what screwed them, uh, for lack of a better term, is that they were an eighth seed against a Final Four team now. And you got to that point because originally, I mean, you're a top 25 team in the country, and you're thinking, oh, wow, like at worst, we'll be, at worst, Michigan State will be a five seed, maybe a six seed, like around that four to six range of a, of a tournament team. And then you keep losing these games in an early exit in the Big Ten tournament and a couple of bad losses uh, to uh, like Wisco, Nebraska, and Ohio State. And you get your treated with a second round matchup of, of uh of Notre Dame so I mean you know what I mean like it's it just it wasn't in their uh wasn't in their path and and they had the chances early on in the season and then because of the their poor finish it, uh, and it ended with a first round uh, uh uh departure yeah I mean that's that's the thing is like they had those you're right they had the opportunities early on in the year to kind of capitalize on their momentum because I remember they were coming off those big wins and then they went and got beat at Northwestern and it was just like, you know, like kind of like, oh, you know, it's just one road loss. And then it just kept happening. And I feel like it was just so hard to kind of figure out what the issue was. And But also, yeah, I think a lot of it is coaching, like you guys are saying. I think preparation has a lot to do with it. And they apparently they had tried di- doing different things, all that kind of stuff. It was constantly being asked what was going wrong. So I think it's one of those things where I think a lot of it was coaching and a mental thing with the team as well. Um, just not being comfortable on another team's court in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, so I mean, was this year a success for me? I kind of think so, because it was an improvement from the previous year. So I think you have to look at it in that way, and they bring in a good recruiting class as well. So, I mean, and, I mean, and that kind of brings us into the next season is how do you build off this? You know, Austin, how do you think that they kind of are going to build off this season? Um, you know, because they beat a good Central team, and obviously you go get smoked by Notre Dame, but how can you build off that? Yeah, so, I mean, Jenna Allen's the reason, for lack, I mean, not the sole reason, but she had the big shot at the end of the Oregon game. I remember Sam and I called that, and and you could argue saying that she's the reason why they won that game. But towards the end of the season, I mean, we all know that she was not the same Jenna Allen that we've been seeing throughout the rest of the season. Like, I mean, it took her six, four to six games, I forgot how long, to get to 1,000 points after she was so close. So, you know, the inconsistency with Jenna Allen was something that really faulted them towards the end of the year. And I think Sydney Cooks is finally doing what she 
was uh, needing to do. She was an all uh, McDonald's All American, and she's going to learn from Jenna Allen. And now she's going to be that starting five, and she's going to or the the, the number uh, the center. And I think that she's going to take advantage of it. I think she had a stronger end of the season, maybe not the uh, the biggest numbers, but the biggest production. And I think um, she'll she'll really take over that role of with Jenna Allen gone. And I, I think this team is talented enough because you have two young guards in, in uh, Nia and Shea, and then now you have Sydney Cooks who's finally playing to her uh, potential. I don't think she has a ceiling yet. Uh, I think she's five-star, clearly, um, coming out of high school, and I think that we're going to see this next season. Yeah, I mean, I really like what Cooks is able to do spreading the floor and defensively in the paint. Um, I think she's going to be a great fit coming in for Jenna Allen, and I liked the way she finished the season as well. She had a great game against Notre Dame. I mean, she had one of her best games of the season against people who are going to play at the professional level and play at a very high level at that. Um, And yeah, I mean, and you also right, they bring back some young guards as well, too. I think Cloudon is going to get a lot better from year one to two because she'll be in their training program, lifting, all those kinds of things. Um, So it's going to be really interesting to see you know, I mean, and yeah, you're right. Allen really fell off a cliff. That was strange to me because I remember against Oregon, she was hitting all those three-pointers, very, very, you know, open to taking shots from the perimeter. And then later in the year, I felt like it was a lot since Shea Colley came back that she kind of fell off a cliff. I think that Shea Colley coming back had a lot to do with her offensive production, but that's just my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, going uh, off of that, um, you know, it's a long season and well, talking to Jenna Allen, she, you know, coming into the season, she changed her diet. She get she, you know, trained immensely and preparing for this season. But it's a long season. And I think, you know, that cliff came from, you know, fatigue, both mentally and physically. She did a lot in the first half of the season, especially once uh, Shea was gone. And I think um, going off of that, I think Jenna Allen, you know, really felt, um, the length of the season in that second half of the season. You know, I think that Shea Colley, like, I think she's going to be the best player next year. I think that she at least has the potential to do that, if nothing else. Just watching her, like, dribble up and down the court past defenders between everyone and lay it off the glass, she just, she could never finish, it seemed like. You know, I'd, I'd watch her countless times. I, I know that she was under 40% on the season. I think she was, like, 38% overall. And she's... She she takes her jump shots every now and again, but she's mostly a player that takes it to the post. But she could just never finish. It seemed like, and I mean, y- you got to do that. You got to do that to win games, um, especially when you're taking all that offensive attention off of Jenna Allen. You've got to finish. You know. Yeah, going off of that, um, I th- especially um, in the later games, I think Shea Colley needed to be needed to be smarter. Um, especially in the tournament games when she was going, she she was not shooting well at all in the tournament. And I think in her senior year, I think she needs to be smarter about, you know, when to distri- distribute the ball when, you know, she's not having a good game. Because, um, yeah, she hit the final shot against uh, Central Michigan, and it was huge. It was a very clutch shot. But both those games in Central and Notre Dame, she, I think she might have been just trying to, do too much um and I think you know that hurt her going forward so you know next year she needs to be the leader of the team um in that she just needs to make smarter decisions yeah I mean I think that Shay Colley the efficiency he talks about is 38 percent shooting uh numbers and efficiency was a big thing with her she took a lot of shots to get her points um but then she had games where she was magnificent against Indiana she had 30 
at Northwestern, she carried them in that second half especially. Um, so her big nights never really translated, it seemed like, to big wins. Like when she dropped 28 in Northwestern, that really should have been a game they won. If she's dropping 28, that's a game you've got to win. But, I mean, that's the thing. I think next year she will be a lot better because she'll have a full season where, I mean, because this year she was healthy for pretty much the entire season with the exception of like two or three weeks, you know, or so, which was kind of in that meat of the season. And I think when she comes back, full another season of training under her belt, another year in the system, I think she's going to be really ready, like you said, to play a little smarter. Um, but yeah, so we go on and we talk about the recruiting class now. So next season, they come in with a number seven ranked recruiting class by ESPN, I believe. And they've got five four stars. And one of them is actually a Muskegon native, Eliza Winston, who is an extremely good guard out of Muskegon High School. But Moyer, uh, I don't know how to say her name, Joiner, she's 90 grades at 95. She's a four star. Uh, a lot of guards. And then you've got 6'2", Julia Ariel out of Gross Point. And then you've got Sydney Dodd, who's 6'5", out of Indiana. And then you've got uh, Tyre Parks, out of, who's 6'2". So you got some size coming in, too. Um, and I think that's going to help their front court as well. You know, obviously, Caleb Ellis and Tori Osmond were a big part. So what do you guys kind of think about this recruiting class? I think having, you know, two guards coming up now, when Taryn McCutcheon and Shea Collier are about to graduate, you know, they're... They've got one year left under their belt. That's going to be big going forward, especially like they've already got Nia Cloud on the rise. But they need someone to replace those two guards. So having them just kind of sit under their belt is going to be huge. Having two more forwards is going to be awesome because, you know, they love to run the two guard or excuse me, two um, bigs and three guards at the same time. So having them kind of sit under uh, Victoria Gaines and maybe Caleb also get in there, Tori Osmond, obviously Sydney Cooks, that's going to be huge going forward. There's going to be a ton of time for them to grow. I think it's a great class overall. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Um, I was looking at some of these players, and Sydney Dodd, um, she's from uh, Warren Central High School in Indiana. Um, she was on the lookout at the beginning of the year to be um, one of the potential Miss Basketball players in Indiana. And she, she, is, she is a beast inside. If she can, you know, produce offensively more efficiently, um, I think she'll be a really good player going forward. And, you know, obviously what Sam said, growing behind, you know, Sydney Cooks, um, potentially Kayla Bellis, Tori Osmond. I think those are great players to, you know, you know look, at, look up to because I think they just produce very well offensively. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the addition, I mean, they already have such great guards uh, with Taryn. Nia and Shea, and then to get all these guards in the in this next upcoming draft class is huge. And I think the biggest to me is the Sydney Dodd addition because I already think Kayla Bellis is such a great offensive scorer. I, I, although she didn't get a lot of playing time, but she was productive for when she was in. So like for minutes per possession, and every time she would score when she was in, uh, it was she was very productive. So I think Sydney Dodd and her would counter a lot because Dodd is, is like uh, Luke said is, is more of a of a threat inside defensively and. And like you said, if she can build off on that offensive uh, stamp, like uh, offensive ability, then they'd be a real threat. But that's countered with with Bellis is how she's such a threat offensively, also. So I think that's such a perfect fit for them. And now I think this team is now seven to eight uh, girls deep, which I think is big in regards to like yes, like we say that there's always the four teams that make runs in the tournament. But if you can have a deeper team and, and you can make these teams run, and then you have teams to step in and out, I think that's important. I think that's what this. Uh, um, uh, class does for it. Yeah, just piggy, piggybacking off of that, um, something we noticed in the uh, the game against Notre Dame is how 
the size difference between Michigan State and Notre Dame was Notre Dame just absolutely towered over Michigan State at times. And, you know, Sydney Cooks, you know, 6'4", having her way most of the time, I think she will definitely be producing offensively going forward. But then Kayla Bella stepping in and, you know, potentially having a Sydney Dodd. This is good for Michigan State getting some size um, to, you know, potentially compete with, you know, those bigger teams like in Notre Dame, um, Baylor, UConn, all those teams. They're bigger and faster and having these players um, come in to, you know, get some size for Michigan State. I think that's big going forward. Yeah, I remember that Notre Dame game, Terry McCutcheon. They just kept getting mismatches, and they'd get, like, a big on Terry McCutcheon, and she's, like, 5'7", putting up a shot against, like, uh, you know, Turner or Shepard, who's, like, 6'4", and they would just swat it into the crowd. It was just like, man, it's like yeah. she couldn't do anything, you know? Yeah, and I and Sydney Cooks really, I mean, you talk Taryn McCutcheon was just getting out. She was outmatched by the guards of Notre Dame yeah, in that they're game They're just bigger. Well. They, were, they were just better. Yeah. I mean, like, Agumba Wale is a great offensive player and at times McCutcheon was doing everything she can defensively and Agumba Wale was just the better um offensive player and you know I think in a lot of ways I mean she's a senior too she had game-winning shot last year I think she was a better player in general but so yeah we I mean we look at this recruiting class coming in and there's a lot of ways I think this team could go with the lineup for next year because you're bringing back McCutcheon, Cloudon, Kali, no Allen, but you've got Cooks and Gaines also coming back. And then you bring in Tori Osmond will be healthy at the beginning of the year. She had a really strong start. Um, and Austin, we'll start with you. Where do you think this lineup is going to go? Like, who would you start next year? Because I'm not so sure that you start, you know, the same people that are left this year. I'm thinking you might put bring someone off the bench to kind of help the offense. Well, yeah, like I said, I think it's going to be a deeper team uh, than usual. And I think this team is going to be more effective. Uh, for years to come, just because now they're going to have more senior experience. So I'm going to say that it, I think it would be Nia Shea as the as the backcourt, and and I I also like Karen, but I think Karen be better off the bench. And then I think uh, let me start. I'm sorry, Nia Nia Cloudon, Shea Colley, uh Sydney Cooks, Victoria Gaines, and then I, honestly I think Kayla Bellis is going to have a big big off season, uh, and, I, and I do think that she's going to get that starting role. Yeah, Caleb Ellis, who coming in wasn't, I mean, someone who was like heralded as a recruit out of Ithaca, um, you know, I mean, she really wasn't playing early on in the year, and she had a really great showing against Notre Dame. So, I mean, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I I would like to see Cloudon come off the bench next year. I think Cloudon would be okay with leaving the starting role uh, more so than Shea Colley, because I think you need a guard who's a scorer coming off the bench. I think McCutcheon is someone you have to start because of her ability to run the offense and run the system that Merchant wants. So, I mean, and I don't know, what do you guys think about that? I'm getting some weird looks over here, but I don't see any, <laughs> I don't I don't see anything wrong with telling Collier or Cloudon to come off the bench to bring in another big run like an Osment Gaines Cooks front court with McCutcheon and Shay Collier. That would be a really great lineup. I mean, sure, but I think you got to have Nia Cloudon starting in there. I think she's the best I think she's the future best player on this team. You know, she's the best young player. I wrote an article about that, and I said there was no question about it. She's the best freshman on this team, best young player. I think she's got to be starting. What do you think, Luke? I, I totally agree with you, Sam. Um, you know, she made the all-freshman uh, Big Ten team. She started every single game for Michigan State this year as a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> 
And <laughs> Joe is just getting attacked right you know, now. No, <laughs> just looking looking at the games, I just think she ran the offense the best between her McCutcheon and Kali. Um, Would you rather see Kali come off the bench? I know that seems like it's out of the question too. To me, yes. she's a senior. So, so wait. So I have a, uh, I have a little bit of a uh, of just information that that there are talks that Shay might not be coming back next season. That she might be graduating and playing overseas. Really? Where where's is this, this information is this from? from? <laughs> is this inside sources from the team? Uh, yeah, it is an inside source. Um, but there are only talks. I don't know how official these are yet. But this is something that I think is important to discuss. And then in regards to lineups, I think it kind of makes it easier, to be honest, because then it would just be Taryn and Mia. But, yes, uh, these are some – this is a source that told me about uh, that she may or may not be coming back depending if she wants to graduate and play overseas or if she wants to come back. So nothing is official yet, but this is uh, something to consider. Yeah, no, and I think that's – like that – you know, honestly, hearing that doesn't really surprise me because she seemed like – in a lot of ways, if she's able to graduate at the at the end of this year in terms of credits, getting her degree, and can go play professionally and make money doing it, why wouldn't you? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, 100%. yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense to me because in a lot of ways, I felt like seeing her on the court, she just looked checked out at times. Obviously, she had a really great production, but I felt she, I mean, and I also I don't know if you might agree with me on that, but I felt like she looked like she at times wasn't like super content with being there. Um, and I mean, and that was just, you know, from the outside looking in, I say that because, of uh, she had the injury and then she came back and they just didn't have the season that they really wanted to. So I felt like, you know, a lot of ways that, yeah, I mean, to me, that doesn't surprise me. I don't know. Maybe you guys feel differently, but, um, and if that happens, then that opens the gate for you to just start McCutcheon cloud and, and then bring an Osmond or a Bellis in as that, uh, third big and maybe run a larger lineup, which I think would help them. So, Hey. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a pretty big, like, you know, I mean, that's the thing that is going to be something to consider. Like you're saying, if it, if it happens, then that would be something big to consider because coming into the next year, you would think that she would be your best player. So yes. And well, so I guess what kind of success do you, are you guys expecting for next season? Austin, we'll start with you and then we'll go to Luke and Sam. Um, you know, what are your expectations for next year then? Like, what do you think in terms of record or what they can do in terms of uh, winning the Big Ten? What are your expectations? Well, I, I'm personally, I think that they're going to – I do think they're going to have a better season next year because they're going to have a lot of uh, chemistry, even though Jenna's gone. Uh, Sydney Cooks is going to take over with that role. But if Shea leaves also, then I think it will also affect a little things. I mean, you saw the production that they got to do when Shea was out and Jenna was in. But now that they're both gone, who's going to be that person? Like, Nia, is she still young? Taryn, she's just a shooter. She's not necessarily more of a scorer. She's a great passer. And I do think that she can get a bucket here and there. But Nia needs to develop as more of a, uh, like a, like a Shea kind of. And I think she can, she has potential. We've seen she make some acrobatic shots. But so she needs to kind of be that next step. Um, in regards to the season, I do think they can make another 20 uh, appearance, maybe even a 20 run to uh, to the second round, which would be, something that we haven't seen in a while out of Coach Merchant. Um, in regards to the Big Ten, um, I don't. I think they'll finish in the top three, top four. You know, Maryland and Iowa are usually always a threat. Um, uh, in regards to winning the Big Ten tournament, I guess it's too early to say about uh, about injuries, but I think their ceiling right now is uh, NCAA tournament. 
Yeah, I mean, I Luke and we'll get yours. I you know I would kind of agree with that. I think the ceiling for next season would be making the NCAA tournament and making, you know, maybe finishing in the top four of the Big Ten because you've got Ohio State will be better. Um, Maryland will be up there. Iowa as well. They're losing Gustafson, but they'll still be good. And then, uh, of course, I, Ruggers is pretty good this year. They got some freshmen. So I think top four or five finish is likely for this team in the Big Ten and potentially making a run, depending, you know, if certain mm-hmm. things go their way. Yeah, going into every season, your goal should be to, like, win the Big Ten, win the Big Ten tournament, and, you know, go get, get a spot, a good spot in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, looking at next season – um, I think one big thing that will need to be addressed is finding a emotional leader that Jenna Allen was. Jenna Allen really led this team emotionally, maybe not always, um, you know, in production, but she really helped this team um, produce and develop over the season. And I think they're going to need to need to find someone um, who can be able to do that. Um, you know, some poss- possibilities would be Taryn McCutcheon. Um, and you know, if Shake Holly comes back, maybe Shake Holly, but I just don't see them as emotional as Jenna Allen. And, um, uh, I think they're going to need to find someone in terms of that. But yeah. Um, and then looking at the season, I think they, they have potential of having a better season. They just need to address, you know, um, their struggles in the big 10, uh, road, road games, um, and I think if they do and they get, you know, a bit a better seed in the NCAA tournament, which I think they can do, I think um, that would that would be I think that's a good uh, look for Michigan State next year. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I don't want to go back again to like the she's only been to one Sweet 16 in her entire career. Um but I think making the Sweet 16, I think that would be a huge improvement nonetheless, like regardless of what else happens. But, I mean, losing Allen, I think it all depends on what really happens, I guess, how well the recruiting class meshes with the rest of the team. Personally, I think that they'll be fine uh, just losing Allen. You know, they have, like we said, it's a pretty solid recruiting class. They'll have a lot of players to grow underneath current veterans and everything like that. I think they, I don't want to say that they can win the Big Ten because Brenda Freeze is still the god in the Big Ten. She's still a great coach for Maryland. I think they can finish third or fourth in the Big Ten, you know, get that, like, seed locked up in the tournament, maybe win a game, maybe even make it to the semis and, like, play a good team, show a case for, like, a four or a five seed, maybe somehow get, like, a home game in the NCAA tournament. I think winning to going to the Sweet 16 would be a huge success. Finishing third or fourth in the Big Ten would be good in and of itself. That's my take on what that would be next year. I think to do that, they're going to have to find a way to get Shea Colley productive. You know, I mean... I think she has like the highest ceiling on the team. That's my opinion. I think she's athletic. I think she's a good scorer. She just like needs to have a better basketball IQ. And I know that's more of something that's natural. That's something you can only practice so much. But I think she's almost there. She's just got to practice a little bit more to get a little bit better and maybe make ha- maybe have a really good Michigan State team. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be... I mean, obviously, we just got to wait and see, you know, a little bit. But also at the same time... You're, Luke, you're right, too. Your goal should always be winning the Big Ten and that tournament. Um, So expectations for the season, it's just going to be something that we're going to have to watch. I think it depends on a lot of things going forward. But so as we kind of wrap up our Michigan State talk for this one, we are going to move on to some bigger headlines in terms of this. 
Um, the NCAA tournament is going on, and Oregon has made their run to the first Final Four ever with a couple of Blue Bloods, number one seed Baylor, two seed Connecticut, and one seed Notre Dame. There are 31 combined Final Fours among UConn, Baylor, and Notre Dame, 31 combined Final Four appearances, and UConn has made their 12th straight, and they beat Louisville on the way, and Baylor beat Iowa, who was in the Elite Eight. So, and Iowa beat NC State, so... A couple of familiar teams in this one. It's kind of a kind of an interesting finish to the NCAA tournament. Would anything surprise you guys about this? I don't know if you watched much of it, but uh, I think the probably the most surprising thing is Oregon getting there for the first time. I mean, they had to play Mississippi State, but that's about it. I was uh, I'm not surprised by the four teams that made it. I was mostly surprised by how bad Baylor beat Iowa. <laughs> I was just like, I I think I was at a meeting, so I couldn't watch it. But I just like pulled up the score, and they were up by like thirty with like five minutes to go in the fourth. Or I think it might have been in like the third, and I just texted Joe. I was like, rip. And he was he was in such shock. He was like, what? Just like freaking out. And you're looking at me kind of weird now. Do you, know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> sorry, I was I was responding to something <laughs> on my phone. What what did you say, sorry? The, uh, when I sent you the screenshot of the the Iowa-Baylor game the other oh, day. Oh, yeah, what? I didn't understand I know. that. That I was confused like, me. Wow, that's uh, quite the game. Yeah, I think that was like the second closest game Baylor had in the tournament, and they won by like 32 so I think that was the only shocker. Obviously, Baylor, in my opinion, is the best team in the country right now. They, I was looking at the all-regional teams. In their specific region, Baylor had four players make that team. They, Megan Gustafson was the only non-Baylor team to make the regional all-tournament team in Greensboro. So that just speaks to how good they are. They're so dominant. They have one loss this year, and it was to Stanford. So it's not like they got beat by some random team off the block. This is a good team. So I guess I'm kind of leaking into who I'm going to pick to win it all. But nonetheless, that was the biggest shocker for me for Iowa not even competing in that game. Yeah, you know, going off of that, um, obviously Baylor is obviously one of the better teams um, in this Final Four. I'm not going to say it's theirs to lose just because, you know, between Baylor, UConn, and Notre Dame, they're just perennially great teams. And between the three of them, I think any one of them can win it. And then, you know, going to Oregon, you know, I got I I love seeing them here in the uh, final four. It was pretty I was pretty surprised seeing them, you know, beating Mississippi State, but you know, you got to give them a lot of credit. Sabrina Ionescu, you incredible player. Uh, I think she can I think she can lead them into a victory, but it, it's going to be tough obviously. And Austin, I don't know if you have any uh takes on the NCAA tournament yeah, so no, far. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I kind of what Sam was saying, I mean, that's kind of uh crazy to think about in itself, the four of the five uh spots for a, uh, a all-region team is Baylor, and I think that uh, speaks for itself where I think Baylor's probably going to – I think Baylor does uh, beat Oregon, but I actually think UConn, uh, one of the more successful teams, and don't get me wrong, Notre Dame is obviously a very successful team, as we've seen uh, as Michigan State played them and such, but I think UConn will beat Notre Dame because I think UConn's had a stronger uh, stretch towards the end of the season. I know they're first time they're not a one seed, and – uh, like a, a handful of years, several years, but I think it's going to be Baylor UConn in in the national title game. But I do think Baylor will have the uh, the upper edge uh, based off of more talent, as Sam said. No, and I I think that uh, I mean it's just going to be a pretty interesting Final Four, especially that UConn Notre Dame matchup. And after seeing Notre Dame in person, you know I have a hard time betting against them. Kind of seems like a team of destiny with uh, Brianna. Turner is her name, leading rebounder in uh, Notre Dame history. And then you've got the leading scorer in Notre Dame history in Agumawale. So a couple of seniors who 
have had great careers coming off a national championship. And I think they're going to get back there as well. And I think I think Notre Dame is going to win it all, personally. I'd have to, I'd have to disagree with that. Um, going back to Notre Dame and UConn, I understand this was in early December, but UConn beat Notre Dame by 18 at Notre Dame. Um, so I think I think UConn has the advantage in that game. Um, I think I think it it'll end up being UConn and Baylor in the championship, and maybe I'm a little biased being from Connecticut, but I think Connecticut Connecticut comes away with the uh, the championship this year. I think Notre Dame is obviously a, a great team. But, I mean, just after looking at some of UConn's stats, they have one, two, three, four, five players averaging in double digits. One of them, Nafisa Collier, is averaging 21 points per game. And, yes, I know Agumba Wale is also a great player. She's averaging 21 and a half. But I just, I, I don't know. It's something about UConn. You know, Notre Dame's so athletic, but just UConn, they, they haven't been, I know, they haven't been there in, like, four years. And that I say it like that. They just won the championship, you know, what, three years ago. Um... But I think UConn's hungry for it. I think Baylor is the best team in the country. I think they're going to, I don't know if they're going to smoke Oregon, but based on how you've seen the other games go, I, you never really know. I think Baylor's going to win it all. I think they're going to beat UConn, and they're going to they're claim their first title since 2012. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's going to be tough because Oregon also, they have the best individual player of anybody in UNESCO. I don't even know what her stats were when they beat a Mississippi State, but she probably had a triple double. So, I mean, Austin, do you have any more thoughts on the Final Four or anything like that? Um, uh, no, I mean, like I said, I, I do think that that I agree with both Sam and uh, Luke. So it's hard for me because I do think that, and I think the Connecticut win against Notre Dame is something to consider because you kind of uh, know similar matchups and and whatnot. But uh, I do think Baylor will still uh, uh, walk away with a win against UConn. I don't know. I it's uh, Notre Dame. I can't. I just don't like bend against them after seeing how dominant they have were in person. Just seeing that team, well coached too. Muffet McGraw is, she's dope. She's the she's the woman. She, yeah, she, she is a great. I almost said I almost said the man. She's great coach, and she, uh, you know, hearing some of her sound bites and too, she's you know great talking to as well. So, um, yeah. So, gonna be very interesting to see how all of this wraps up as the season comes to a close. And also, just another note, Gustafson of a Big Ten player, won AP Player of the Year uh, this season for her performance this season. She averaged 28 points a game and I believe about 14 rebounds. So quite the season for her. Also shot over 60% from the field. She is going to go play for a lot of money, probably. So I think that about wraps it up. I don't know if you guys have anything else we need to do. But also, I don't know if you have anything else you want to say, but I think we're about to wrap this thing up. Uh, no, I mean, it's, a, it's been a fun season with the uh, Susie's Merchant slash Breslin Breakdown, and it's uh, good to uh, have to end on a good note. Shout out to uh, Kara Fisher for being an awesome SID. That's what I get to say. Absolutely. All the basketball players for dealing with us amateur journalists. You know, at least myself. I, I can't speak for the rest of you guys, but I learned a lot. So, Absolutely. You know, I was yeah. very grateful for being able to cover this team, you know. Hey, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. Great, great opportunity to cover this team this season. Uh, and we were there for, I mean, it's kind of crazy. We were there for a good chunk of it. We were there from uh, media day till the NCAA tournament game. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we yeah, were, yeah, end to end. Hey, start and finish, man. So, hey, it was good. It was a good time. So, hey, 
We're going to wrap this one up. We will be returning next season, I believe, for the Michigan State women's basketball season. And depending on what happens, I don't know. Maybe it won't be us, maybe, but this podcast will be back. So I think that does it for us on the Breslin Breakdown. Joe Danger with Luke Saccone, Austin Winslow, and Sam Britton, of course. You know what? Just hey, shout out to Sam. Nice work this year. Thank and you. Good job, Sam. You guys did great, too. Yes, great job to everybody. So, hey, we're wrapping this up. We'll see you next season. Goodbye.